You're listening to the Coach and Joe podcast, conversations on friendship with God. Welcome to the Coach and Joe podcast. I'm here with Brian Schwartz, my brother, my friend. Brian's going to be one of the main stage speakers at Table Conference this year. He's been the last couple of years. And you need to check Table Conference out, by the way. We'll have stuff online very, very soon. First week in November. And really excited about that, bringing in, I think, twice the amount of ministers as last year. God's grace is on this conference. Be our third year. The cost is nothing. All it costs you is to get your butts there, to uh, be wide open, mouth wide open. Come expecting this year. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm going to be there. I can't wait to receive from all these people that are coming in. Uh, I, I want to I go. I want to tell a story of me and you in a tire shop in... Uh, middle nowhere, North Carolina. I never can remember the name of the town, Waynesville. So we're in Waynesville, North Carolina, t- two months ago-ish. Mm-hmm. And we're actually going to get some coffee because that's what you do when you're a Christian minister. You have to go find coffee somewhere. <laughs> and uh, you have a flat tire. We pull into a tire shop. And you're over there talking to the tire person. And God lands on me and says, I want you to talk to Brian about the courts of heaven. And I said, okay. So we only have about 20 minutes here, so i got to make a long story short. Uh, Every blue moon, God brings people, books across our path that shift our destinies. That sounds so dramatic, but it's really true. Mm -hmm. Five years from now, I'll be as a result of who I hang around and and who I read. It's really that simple. Um, I cannot remember who introduced me to Robert Henderson. I can't remember right now. I'd have to go back and think through that. But about three months before I was with you, I, I read this book called Courts of Heaven, and it felt like Sam Gash, who popped you a couple times in the NFL, <laughs> it felt like in the spirit he hit me across my mouth with his forehead without me seeing it coming. <laughs> and I've always wondered, enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise? Well, it's more literal than I thought. So I want to tell a story, uh, prophetess. A year ago, came to my house, told me and my wife that the Father would sovereignly begin to take me into heaven. I looked at her and said, well, you have a track record of being accurate over the years. When I say accurate, I mean really accurate. And I said, if this is God, whatever that means. Well, it's actually happened to me four times, Brian, since last July. And in one of the times when I got yanked into heaven, just like Paul says, whether or not I was in my body, I do not know, um, I was standing in a literal courtroom. And it's a long story. Well, around that time, I read the book called Courts of Heaven. So I start talking to you about about this book and this content. I really just started prophesying about it. And your typical personality, you became agitated in a good way from the Father. And you went outside and started walking around. And you said, I'm going to go into the courts right now and just begin to make some declarations over some people in my life that, that need help from the father all right i'm going to be quiet now and i want you to take the next 15 20 minutes sent in the last eight weeks you seem to have been stirred somewhat electrocuted by revelation on this whole courtroom thing you're an intercessor at heart you're a legal transaction guy at heart when the logos word makes sense to you you stand on that word you operate in that word 
What yeah. happened to you in that tire shop, and what has been the fruit of Revelation of Courts of Heaven in the last two or three months? What what happened? It, it's it's kind of been the theme of these podcasts that we've been doing. Is there's there's always an introduction <laughs> that's going on to to something that's already inside, you know, and that's what it was. When you begin to talk, all of a sudden these scriptures, Hebrews four sixteen, come to the throne of grace. The, the, the Psalm 100, verse 3, enter his gates with, you know, thanksgiving, come into his court. When you were talking, I'm, these scriptures are all the stuff that is already in me, the, the written words there, all of a sudden, this thing becomes a living, breathing word. It, it activated something to me. I use that word a lot. You use it. It triggered something in me. And what it triggered in me is like, this is a truth, and I got to act on it. Like activation without action is it, it produces nothing but bondage and regret. And so I just was like, dude, I got to go outside. I got some stuff I got to take care of. And I remember not having read the book, not having heard what he said. I, I went Hebrews 4, 16. I was like, Lord, all I know is this scripture says I can come with boldness to a throne. And if there's a throne, I know you're on it. And, and I just began to, uh, didn't even know what I was doing, but I began to confess things in the sense of uh, some agreements I had made. You know, I, I'm in the legal process in the natural. I'd been arrested. I, I, I got arrested for beating a guy up. There was a warrant out for my arrest. Um, I had to show up in court. I had to literally have somebody, either me or somebody, show up and answer the charges. And so all this, this stuff began to stir in me, and I began just to go boldly that day was the starting point of, of uncovering a, a revelation that, that I needed. And honestly, I'd operated in over the years not having any language for it. I, I feel like even with the, you asked me, how did this guy go from uh, being football, now you're experiencing gold dust. It's the same thing. I, I started experiencing that stuff, and it triggered me to go, I'm, I'm going to go read people that have gone through. I've read Bill Johnson's book, When Heaven Invades Earth. I stayed down in my basement for a whole week, barely coming up for meals, going, this. it's the same type of thing. When you did that, it opened up a, an aspect of the kingdom that I'd yet to experience in fullness. And I feel like God wants us to experience in fullness, not just in part. Some people listening to us, especially hearing my story about my four experiences, could tend to roll their eyes, and I get it. I can't imagine what it would have been like to even be around the Apostle Paul. But the thing that I notice about you, and it's something I'm very passionate about, you are, in my life, I don't know of anyone besides my wife that appreciates the written word more than you. So I I want to be crystal clear here. Me and you have a Reformed background. Mm-hmm. People call us reform charismatics. We're not. You're you're actually standing. Your hermeneutic is driving you to experience. Absolutely. Where where has and where does your passion for the word come from? It came. It started that night I got born again. Somebody put a Bible in my hand. Said, "Start reading the Gospels." Really. I had to have them tell me what the Gospels were, where they're at. I didn't know that part. You just tore into it. Went home. Diane goes to bed pregnant, do it any moment. I stay up till 3 in the morning. I've got workouts and baptism the next day at like 8.30. I stayed up till 3 reading 
the gospels. And I'm not kidding you. I was like, where has this been? Everything was alive. It clicked with you. It clicked and it was Jesus. It was, that's so whenever I lead anybody to Jesus, I, I tell them immediately, you go familiarize yourself. Just read about this one you just gave your life to because he is amazing. And that's what I saw. It was the, the when, I, when I saw it and I read it, that that logos, that word was written, it became living. It, it's, it's, you know, Hebrews 4.12 says the word is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, able to divide, you know, soul and spirit. And that's what happens when the word, so my passion started then. And then even all the encounters after, it was all scriptural, baptism, Holy Spirit. They took me to scriptures that, that showed tangibly, historically, whatever you want to say, it, it, it showed it. And so like this revelation you gave me, instantly the scriptures, I'd read those same scriptures for years because I value, he says you hide that word, it, it, that stuff hidden in you, it has to have a place of, if it's not hidden, it can never be activated. And so for me, I just love the word, it, deliverance, inner healing, whatever aspect, I didn't have church teaching me this stuff. All I had honestly was the word. I want to um, ask you this, this has been burning on me for a while. Why, in your opinion, is so much of the way in which people do spiritual warfare nothing but shadow boxing? I did it for years. Explain what I mean. What am I saying when I say that? You're you're talking about like shadow boxing is is you're basically fighting the air, thinking you're you're doing something, and and and, and spiritual warfare. Let's put it this way: when. When you read, when I read that book by my Henderson, it articulated and put into context where prayer needs to be, where prayer actually is, and prayer is actually more in the courtroom than anywhere else. And most people are trying to pray on the battlefield, and and if you don't have things established in prayer before you go on the battlefield, it literally is like you're fighting an opponent that doesn't even exist, that doesn't respect you, that doesn't fear you, doesn't believe you have any authority. And what I'm seeing now is my prayer with him in the courts establishing verdicts that have already been established by the cross. I'm just coming into agreement with what already is. Let's, let's get practical. Yeah. Uh, it's been two months since I've heard this story. Your, one of your daughters going to college, I want to say this is two days after I even talked to you because I want to get real practical with what yes. you just said. Yes. Was facing a situation XYZ. You go to in the you go into the courts and you're calling me like, "Bro, tell that story." Yeah, so she graduated, I got her undergrad at 19. Um, she's trying to go to law school because she did things online, we homeschooled. All this stuff is going on with her her transcripts. And so these law, this law school reaches out to her says, "We don't show your credits." And so this starts triggering her panic going, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to get in anywhere. And so I hear this, and I, I, I'm the, I'm take it, test it, let's see what happens. I go out on one of these prayer walks, and I'm just a crazy guy talking up to the sky. And what I did is I brought my daughter, not even knowing what I was doing. I went to the throne of grace with boldness, and I, 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 was, I had Hebrews 12, 22, 23. It talked about God as a judge. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. We're in covenant with you. I know you're a judge. I approach you today as a judge. And honestly, Matthew, uh, yeah, Matthew five twenty five, Jesus says, "Agree with your accuser on the way to court." 
I began to agree with the accuser of all the negative words I'd spoken over my own daughter. I began to agree and confess those things before the Lord asked for forgiveness. Even some of the things she had spoken about the situation, the negativity over the years about certain things, I agreed with the accuser, confessed it to the judge, asked for forgiveness. Now, of course, people are going to hear this and go, well, you're already forgiven. Jesus already, I get all that, but let's be honest, man. When the judge of the universe, you're dogging your own daughter. Imagine what the enemy's saying to your own daughter. Your own dad doesn't believe in well, you. For heaven's sakes, James says, confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. Don't even get me started on D- that. Let's not even yeah. go. So practically, I did that. I, I, repentance and faith is one of the elementary teachings in Hebrews chapter 6. And so I repented, I confessed, I agreed, and then I appealed. And what I did is I brought a testimony as her dad. I was like, Lord, I'm going to testify on behalf of my daughter. I'm going to tell you, in the natural, there's some things she's done, hasn't done, doesn't matter. The testimony of Jesus over her life is this. And I just began to rattle off Colossians chapter 2, 13 through 15. Every legal thing that has stood against her has been nailed to the cross, taken out of the way. And as I began to declare those things, it, it was more than a declaration. I was bringing a testimony on behalf of my daughter, knowing Jesus, my advocate, was right there testifying with me and confirming every word I was saying to God, the judge, on behalf of my daughter. And so as I began to do that, I just asked, I was like, Lord, today we need to break. You know my daughter's emotional makeup. You know where she's at right now. We need this today. And, and she texts me or calls me within an hour. And the University of Tennessee reached out to her. And the dean of admissions basically did all the work that my daughter would have had to do, went and did all the work, tracked down all the stuff, got everything put in order, offered her the president's scholarship, uh, gave her in-state tuition. We live in Florida, not Tennessee, and just completely hooked her up. <laughs> Here is one of the dangerous thoughts, Schwartzy in the kingdom. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, shall be. No, sir. Nope. Remember that guy's been sick 38 years? Lord yeah. looks at him. You want to be well. There is an aspect to our faith. Come boldly yes. into the throne room of grace. I believe, and this is Chadology here, I believe if we realized how much authority we carry when we enter that courtroom and we play by the Father's rules, we would be shocked. Absolutely. I want you to give an example of what shadow boxing would have looked like in that situation with you. I would have heard the accusations of the enemy. And I would have turned all my attention on myself. I would have tried to resist Satan in my, I would have, in the name of Jesus, I bind that. How dare you come against God's elect? You know, I would have had all the scriptural backing even to fight against him and try to resist him instead of just that, that was for me, a lot of shadow boxing was I bind you. I rebuke you. How dare you bring a charge against me? God's elect instead of realizing, man, if I just agreed with what he was saying, the enemy was actually doing me a favor. The accuser was actually being a servant to me by bringing up very real things that I had actually spoken over my daughter. Once you speak it, it's out there. And if that thing doesn't get dealt with, it gets twisted. And it boomerangs back upon those you spoke against. 
It's power of life and death in the tongue. So shadow boxing for me was a lot of sweating, a lot of anger, a lot of uh, yelling at the devil, trying to bind and loose in the name of Jesus. Now, come on now, still in the name of Jesus. <laughs> And seeing some effectiveness. Here's the deal. There, there's sometimes I just bull. I feel like I bulldog demons out of people, uh, not realizing the ver- where the verdict was actually established and what authority I'd actually been given. Now my warfare is it is so much different. And, and most of my warfare is not even warfare. It's just going to the God of all the earth and bringing legal testimony on behalf of those that I care about, love about, pray for, and agreeing with the with what he's already assigned in their lives and what he's already forgiven and released and and bearing legal testimony and and what I'm seeing Chad is that when Jesus said whatever you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven I'm seeing through this process where binding and loosing actually happens it has to happen there first and then I can come into the earthly realm and loose and bind freely. And that's been the game changer for me. Now when I encounter, I've literally prayed for people, Chad, that have been bound with uh, new age stuff, demonic stuff. I will literally take them in the courts with me, agree with the accuser with them, command these spirits out into the open with them, and openly declare what the blood of Jesus has already done and get the verdict established there. And then when we come back into the realm of just praying for them, these demons can't stay because legally they have no access. And it freaks people out that it could be, you know, this age of grace, and we're not going to stir something up here, but this this greasy, sloppy grace has eliminated the reality of, of who God is as a judge first and the understanding of that. And that's been the game changer for me is getting back in the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of all wisdom. I think Corinthians says, no, Romans says, uh, consider both the kindness and severity of God. You know, if you're listening to this podcast today and some of this stuff ruffles your feathers and you've never heard of it, maybe for the first time in your life you need to be like a Berean, search out truth for yourself, because you might be shadow boxing. Mary had a little lamb. She would have been a sheep. She joined a charismatic church and died from lack of sleep. Maybe you need to be a part of an organization, a church where you're resting in the Father. And, uh, you know, he makes us lie down in green pastures. The truth sets us free. I, 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 what I'm going to do is just call you over the next few weeks. We'll do some podcasts over the phone. There is so much. We could have 20 podcasts on what we just talked about. Yeah. There is so much warfare that the enemy dies laughing about. When I got yanked into heaven, I was standing in a courtroom. I got more revelation in that one moment of, gosh, everything I believe by faith, it is true. I saw a hand, a gavel. It was in the middle of a sermon, by the way. And I said from stage, I decree that the assignment on Bridgeway is to destroy the religious spirit over the entire Bible Belt region. We will play our role in that. And when I said the word decree, I heard and saw the loudest gavel hit hit the desk. It is a when we come into agreement with Father God, who is judge of all. That's pretty powerful. Oh. I mean, come on. In the name of Jesus, <laughs> may you seek truth out. Getting that yes. word so much that people think something's wrong with you. God bless you. You've been listening to Coach and Joe. For more information and additional content, please visit bridgewaynetwork.org.